You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by the People's Champ, Matt Baxendale. Before we get started, I want to let everybody out there know if you're not a Bucknut subscriber, now is a great time to sign up. We have a buy one month, get two months free deal. So buy one month, get a total of three months, and this offer is going to end soon. So make sure you take advantage of our buy one month, get two free months offer while it still lasts. All right, let's get into nuts and bolts, Bax. Buckeyes kick off the season this Saturday, visiting Florida Atlantic. What are you most interested to see on Saturday? Aside from the fact that it's just Ohio State football for the first time since the Rose Bowl, uh, I, I think that uh, I'm most interested to see how the linebackers play. I'm most interested to see the defense perform. Um, after last year, I have ex- an extremely high amount of confidence that Ryan Day is going to have an offense that scores a lot of points. I really don't have that, any concerns on that front. I'm much more concerned to see how the linebackers play in space because if FAU is cracking off long runs just like last year, then it's time to temper expectations. Whereas if FAU goes out and scores three points or something, or you know the, the first team offense shuts them out in the first half, I'm going to feel a little bit better. Uh, I think that's what we all want to see is the improvement from the horror show that we had last year on defense. To me, that's the only real tangible thing outside from staying healthy that you're going to see against a team like FAU, which when it played the big guys last year did not fare well whatsoever. So I'm most excited to see a competent defense with linebackers that look like they're, they're in position and making the correct read quicker than they did last year. And Justin Fields, of course. I thought that would be the first thing out of your mouth. But uh, obviously, I mean, that's the thing I'm most excited about. I, just think, I think the defense, like you said, I think it's going to be, as I keep saying, there's no doubt the defense is going to be improved. My question is, how much improved? And I think it's going to be – exponentially improved. I really think the defense is going to be um, take a big step forward this year. Um, but Justin Fields, I, I mean, even though Florida Atlantic is going to be one of the weaker defenses he plays, no doubt about it, um, they are picked to win the Conference USA, though. They're the Vegas favorite. They're the Phil Steele favorite. I don't think that they were their media's favorite. Um, but uh, they're expected to be the best team in, in Conference USA by Vegas and by Phil Steele. Um, Justin Fields, how excited are you to, to see him finally suit up this Saturday? Yeah, something I wasn't excited to see him. I have a higher degree of faith in Justin Fields than I do off of the defense with the performance from last year. I, I'm interested to see how good he is right off the bat because one of the things I've been saying in the bucket and here in the Bucknuts morning more than five is that I think that Justin Fields is going to have a little bit of an adjustment period, and that makes games such as Cincinnati and Nebraska a little scarier to me than some of the games later on in the year. Because by that point, I think Justin Fields will have adjusted to being a college starter. Let's not forget, this is a guy who's literally never started a college game. He's a guy who is you know, a world of potential that just didn't get on the field a ton in Georgia that one year he was there because he was behind a guy who was uh, a very strong player in his own right. 
And I, I think Fields, if he hits the ground running hard, is going to give me a lot more confidence that Cincinnati won't be a squeaker, that Nebraska isn't that scary, quote, trap game that everybody's talking about that really prevents it from being an actual trap now. Um, I, I think Fields, if he has command of the passing game, if he has more than one read before he tucks the ball, those are all really good signs for what we can expect from him this year and expect from him right away. Because I think OSU fans are expecting him to come in to be a almost as good as Dwayne Haskins and almost as good of a runner as Braxton Miller all in the same thing in the first game. And I don't know if that's a realistic expectation. I think it's realistic to expect him to be one of the top one or two quarterbacks in the conference, but I think that's over the course of the season and by the end of the year. How he is right now, how far he's progressed in spring, that's something I think is going to be fascinating because if Fields goes out and goes, 12 for 14 for 225, three touchdowns with no picks passing while running the ball well, we're all going to be like, woohoo, this guy is legit. But he goes, you know, he completes 50% of his passes, throws a pick, fumbles a ball, something, and it doesn't matter because OSU wins 45 to 21. Then we're going to all be a lot more concerned. So there's certainly things you can glean out of this game. And the level of preparedness that Justin Fields has right now to be a starter is going to be one of them. It's just exciting that football is three days away. It's just almost surreal. We talk about all this stuff all off season, and it's three days away. I mean, it's just so freaking exciting to talk about this stuff. Um, I want to get your thoughts on right tackle. It's not a huge surprise because we saw it play out throughout fall camp where Brandon Bone was taking first-team reps. But entering camp, that was kind of the biggest question in my mind as far as a position battle. Uh, maybe maybe middle linebacker as well. Tough Borland sees that job relatively early, it seems like. Uh, but Brandon Bowen against Nick Petit Ferrer at right tackle, I expected that to be a good battle. Sounds like it was because even though Bowen was named the starter, they still say NPF's going to rotate in, which tells me it had to be a very close battle. If Bowen won in the landslide, it'd be, it'd be dereliction of duty if they were still getting NPF playing time just for the hell of it. Um, so it sounds like it was a pretty close battle. But still, Bowen won the job. Your thoughts on that and just the O-line as a whole? Well, I think it's a great story. I was at that Maryland game where Brandon Bowen broke his leg, and then he spent the last two years essentially trying to rehab back to this point. Um, he, he, we thought he might be healthy for last year, and he had to have additional surgeries. This is a guy who could have easily said, I, I, that's enough, I'm done, right? This is a guy who went through a lot to get back to this point, but he persevered, and now he's a starting right tackle at Ohio State. Uh, he's a massive kid, and I, I'm excited because – when you have a battle like this, it's not one of those ones where you're like, man, the coach is just hoping to find somebody. It's a legit battle as to who is better. And that's a rarity for what we as Buckeye fans are used to at the offensive line and the tackle position. Most years it's, all right, we got two tackles. Woo! This year it's like we have four tackles. Our backup tackles are Josh Alavi and NPS. You have to feel pretty good about those two playing significant minutes based on everything we've seen from them. Olavi played great in the Rose Bowl. He just happened to be behind Thayer Munford, who the staff is obviously extraordinarily high on. And then you've got a guy in MPF who's clearly on the cusp of being able to be a pretty darn good player, and he just was beaten out because Bowen was just a little bit better. I don't remember the last time Ohio State was legitimately too deep a tackle. I, uh, maybe I, I don't even want to guess because even back in the day whenever, like, in 2006, OSU ran their second line out at Texas and it was a big deal, right? 
there, there wasn't really a second set of tackles. That was still the Bowman era where you had a lot of interchangeable parts. This is such a deep O-line. It is the deepest O-line that I can remember at Ohio State this century. Um, you have to go back to some of the Cooper days where they had deeper O-lines than this because that wasn't a trestle specialty. And we never really saw during the urban era him run out a significant uh, amount of depth at the O-line positions. So Bowen is a great story, but I love the fact that OSU has a lot of guys that can flat-out play this year on the O-line, and that's a rarity. I'm also excited to see the running backs, um, and not J.K. Dobbins. I hope he just gets through this game, you know, unscathed. I just want to, you know, I want to see Crowley. I want to see hopefully Master Teague's healthy and ready to go. I want to see how Demario McCall looks as the primary backup. Um, I want to see Steel Chambers. This is a game where, you know, if he's healthy, it sounds like he's healthy and he's been practicing well. Um, even if you might redshirt Steel Chambers, I think this is one of the four games that you give him a shot. Just um, And who knows, maybe you won't redshirt Steel Chambers. You only have five scholarship tailbacks you might need him this year so i'm excited to see all of the scholarship tailbacks except for maybe the main guy jk dobbins because i kind of know what to expect from him yeah he can catch a wheel route for like a long touchdown and then a screen for a long touchdown and get him off the field <laughs> there's no reason to keep him in um I, I have to think that you're on to something with how we were going to see the tailbacks deployed in this game uh i think first of all demario mccall is a guy that I've been talking about for a couple years now. I've been dying to see Run DMC get a significant amount of playing time because he seems so electric every time he touches the ball. So that'll be exciting. I'm excited to see Crowley in live action. I'm of the opinion he's going to be critical this year because he has the leg drive and the low frame to be able to fall forward to get those tough guards that really aren't McCall or Dobbins' province necessarily. Uh, I think that he's going to be a critical guy this year. And I also think you're correct with Steel Chambers. Look, you can play up the four games in so redshirt, and they're going to want to create some space between him and uh, Crowley in terms of eligibility. So it's not a bad plan if they're not going to use him significantly. Let him play game one. He'll probably play Miami of Ohio. And maybe they hold him from there and say, hey, you know, if somebody gets hurt, we're going to need you later in the season. But as of right now, you know, that, that's his opportunity to get to play for having a good camp. Uh, the, the real un, un, big question mark is Master Teague because – you know, if you rewind back to July, we all figured he was going to be the number one candidate for the backup role. He had posted the fast 40 times, and he was the, quote, complete package. And then he's just kind of been the mystery man at camp because he's been dealing with injuries. We've barely seen anything about him because he hasn't been able to do anything. So if Master Teague is back to healthy enough to even play, that's notable. And if he's able to come in and play effectively, that's another big step. So... I think it's going to be fun to watch because I think OSU is going to get a lot of opportunity to run out all, all five of these guys. And if the game goes their way early, like a lot of us I think are expecting, then that's a really good thing to try to get these guys some run and really get to see what OSU has in the tailback position. No doubt. Um, and, hey, programming note out there, Bucknutters, Bucknuts Almost Live is returning every Sunday on Bucknuts. It's a podcast that we're going to do every Sunday morning. Uh, talking about the previous day or previous night's game. Matt Baxendale, the people's champ, is going to be a part of that show every week. Dan Rubin's going to host it. I'll be a part of it occasionally. I'm, I'm pretty busy on Sundays, but I'm going to do what I can to help occasionally. But it's going to be Dan Rubin and Bax's show for the most part, and uh, I'm excited 
just for the listeners out there, because you know, if you're you're sitting there on a Sunday morning, and you're like, man, I've been there before. Like even as a reporter, like, it'd be nice just to listen to some some Buckeye talk right now. And we're gonna have that every Sunday morning. Bucknuts almost live, and Dan Rubin and Bax are gonna be, you know, the biggest pieces of that puzzle. Bax, you gotta be excited about this, my man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to us having a Sunday show again. Uh, it was always something I really enjoyed doing. Uh, just for a little bit of historical sake here, the first Bucknuts Sunday show we did was the Bucknuts 90, which myself and Mark Neal used to do in Dayton uh, for a good year and a half. And then after that, Dan took over the hosting duties when my, I had another kid, so I couldn't drive from Columbus down to Dayton every weekend. And it was something that was a staple for years and years and years. And uh, last year we decided to make some changes. Uh, our hosting partner was continually trying to criticize Ohio State to an unfair extent, and we got sick of it. And so last year, some folks remember, I hosted a, a solo one-man podcast immediately after the shows or after the games just to try to give us some content so that some folks were able to listen to it as a podcast the next day. But the truth is there were limits to that format, and this is going to be great. Dan's going to be the host. I'm going to be having at least a segment every week, and he's going to be bringing on guys like Dave, of course, He'll be bringing on the Bills, that group, Pat Murphy. You're going to see all of them guest in at some point or another. And while I won't be co-hosting necessarily, this will be Dan's show. I'll certainly be on every week. And it'll be nice to go back to having a Bucknuts radio product on Sunday because that's something we've done forever. And I'm excited we were able to make it work this year. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, I have fond memories of it. That was the show where my audio got picked up by College Game Day discussing JT Barrett a couple of years ago after the Oklahoma game. So it's been a fun platform for all of us, and uh, I think it's going to provide a lot of, uh, lot, of, lot of fun for all the Bucknuts listeners out there. So I hope everybody's excited as, as much as I am about it, and uh, it'll be one of the many new things that are going to be coming along during the season here that we've got planned for everybody. So tune in. Yeah, we're not wasting any time. First show is this Sunday uh, after the Florida Atlantic game, the day after the Florida Atlantic game. So uh, tune in to Bucknuts Almost Live this Sunday. Great insights, as always, from the people's champ, Matt Baxendale. Thank you very much, Bax, and thanks to our listeners out there for tuning in to the show. I appreciate it. Hope everyone has a great day. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Bye.